Hello people, what is up? I hope you are all doing well. Today we have a guest on our show, the Anujwara show and the name of that guest is Sheldon Martin. Sheldon belongs to San Diego, United States. He started making money at the age of 10 by selling candies. His parents taught him the importance of personal finance early in his life. Right now, he is 27 years old and doing his business on financial consulting. He did corporate job for 4 years and left a job and focus on his business. So let's learn from Sheldon regarding personal finance and investment. So listen to this podcast till the end because we are going to cover a lot of things regarding finance and investment in this particular podcast. Feel free to follow Sheldon on Instagram. His Instagram ID is Credit Sheldon. You can find the link in the description below. So now let's begin with the podcast. To begin with, Sheldon is sharing what are his thoughts on inflation and where do he prefer to invest his money. Um, and of course, around the world, there's some called inflation. So inflation is the price of goods going up. So today, you know, the, the, today the piece of fruit you might buy be maybe, uh, you know, 50 cents, but in 10 years, that fruit's going to be $5. So you want to make sure your money's keeping up with the price of goods going up. So that's the first reason why I invest. Um, the asset classes I invest in is, uh, the stock market. Um, I invest in cryptocurrency. I invest in, um, I used to invest in, I, well, I invest in real estate. Um, uh, we do something called fix and flips where we buy them cheap, fix them up and resell them quick. Um, and then I also invest in, um, emerging markets and then, uh, international markets as well. Okay. So I, I mean, which, in which international emerging markets would you prefer to invest? Yeah. So, um, I have the, what you call, um, what do you want to call it? So emerging markets will be your, your countries like uh, Australia, um, the places like Japan. Uh, so it's places that are not as developed as the United States, but are pretty developed. And then I'll also invest in um, uh, what we call, I can't think of the, the name of it specifically, but I also invest in places like uh, India. I invest in places like uh, South America, Central America, places that are not as developed as emerging markets or as developed as some place like United States or Europe, you know, so I invest in pretty much other countries because my main focus as an investor is to make sure that my money is diversified into different industries, yes, yes. different sectors, different countries, states, etc. So, and, and obviously uh, as you live in, in the developed nation, you simply put your money in developing nation, you will definitely get high returns you can easily get double digit return. And in the United States, the index give nearly, I should say seven to 8% of return. So it is yeah. good strategy, good strategy as a, a resident of the United States. Yep. Yep. yep exactly. Yeah, we're investing in a developing or underdeveloping market that's coming up. You can easily make double digit returns, but also it can be more risky. Um, but then it provides me the diversity because if the market in the United States is, if the, you know, indexes in the United States are bad, then I can fall back on Europe or fall back on Australia, Japan, India, whatever the case may be. Yeah. So uh, uh, I'm actually excited to know that what are your thoughts on tech stocks in the United States? Because as we know that all the tech giants in the world belongs to the United States and they, mm -hmm. as soon as they list uh, their IPO, they are just 
their market capitalization is just skyrocket. Uh, in yeah. just two to three years, they just become yeah. a seventy, eighty billion dollar company with market capital yeah. easily. So, mm-hmm. according to this data, I come to know that uh, there is tremendous rush. People are so excited to invest in technology-based stocks. So, what are your thoughts? And uh, do you have? Uh, obviously, you, you will definitely have some portion in tech stocks also. So, what are your thoughts on this? <clears throat> yeah, so my thoughts in tech stocks are when I think of tech stocks, I always think are over or I always think overvalued. So overvalued. The reason being is because tech stocks are usually growth stocks. So there's three different types of investors. You have a growth investor, income investor, and value investor. People investing in uh, tech stocks, they're looking for more of a higher return. They're taking more risk because um, the problem with tech stocks is that people are buying too high, and when they buy too high. What's going to happen is they're going to they're getting FOMO, which is called fear of missing out. They don't want to miss out on the big jump, so they buy at the top. And what happens is a correction happens in the market, and then they sell quick because they don't really know about investing, and they're being emotional investors as opposed to long-term investors, and it just messes up the market. So I like tech stocks, um, but with that being said, um, I, I just I I don't like to be overexposed to tech stocks just due to the nature of it. Um, it's been, you know, we've been on a bull run for the last, bull run meaning the- 11 years, market like I should yeah. say. Yeah, um, and it hasn't really declined like that. So I'm kind of on the edge, but I do own tech stocks like Apple. Um, I own Tesla, I own uh, Square, PayPal. So I own a few tech stocks at this time. Okay, so I mean, uh, if investing in good tech, good tech, tech stocks like Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, uh, even Amazon is a little bit expensive, but uh, it is yeah. it is it, always good deal because they, these companies are dominating in the world and they will exactly. uh, continue to perform well in the long, long run as well. But if we think about uh, a very small companies which are just getting started and they just launch their IPO in order to raise money, then uh, according to me, it is not a good way to invest your money because there, there would be risk uh, by investing in such kind of stocks. Yeah, so the reason IPOs are not the best bet um, is because I'm not sure if you guys do it there, but in the United States now, a big thing is traders. So people want to trade and day trade, right? So yes, yes. what happens is when an IPO comes out, there's all this hype around the IPO. So um, like we had one that just came out, which was Coinbase, um, which is the first, you know, it's basically the first uh, broker where you can trade stocks. It's the first publicly traded broker where you can trade, uh, not stocks, where you can trade crypto. So basically when you have these IPOs, everybody's excited. And then you have all these traders jumping in the first day because they want to make, they know it's going to skyrocket. And what they do is when they make a certain percentage profit, they're going to sell within the next two weeks. So say you as a long-term investor, you jump into an IPO you buy because you see it skyrocketing, all the traders sell off, which decreases the price. And then from there, you know, you're, you're, you're automatically 30% down in one week. So then you have to long-term, it's probably going to go back up. You're going to have to keep it for a year just for it to recover from that 30% of the day trader selling. So that's why IPO strategies are not the best strategies unless you're trading for a short term. So. But even if we think about the long-term investor who is just getting started as a long-term investor, mm-hmm. when he or she sees that his investment has gone down by 30%, mm-hmm. he, he, she will, she or he will start afraid, start believing that stock market is completely gambling and we should stay away. 
from investing yeah. in stock market so uh, i i have i have my clients and they keep telling that uh, why you why i do not prefer to invest in in ipo but my logic is simple that uh, i prefer to invest in fundamentally sound companies which are already exactly. stable in the stock market i am not exactly. looking forward to invest in new companies which have which are no experienced in stock market exactly exactly yeah fund ipos they don't have any fundamentals yet like you said so when you're looking at uh, com- like old comp- like google they've been successful for 10 years amazon apple they've been successful for a long time and you, they actually have data behind it that backs that information up like fundamentals when you're looking at ipos their fundamentals are not yet sound so essentially yeah. it's a gamble yeah so, yeah definitely you know. it it's a gamble and uh, it, it is good for uh, the people who know about trading Exactly. We have an expertise exactly. in trading. It is not safe for uh, know nothing exactly. investor and long term investor. Exactly, exactly. Totally agree. Totally agree. And uh, and do you have dividend stocks in your portfolio? Yeah, um, I have dividend stocks in my portfolio. Um, pretty much when I first started out, I wanted to make sure all my stocks were dividend stocks. But since I'm so young, I have a longer time horizon, meaning longer time to invest. So. I started to become more gamble. I started to gamble more with tech stocks, which most tech stocks don't really have dividends. Um, but yeah, I love dividend stocks. It's guaranteed income. I reinvest my dividends so it can compound over a span of time. So yeah, I think dividend dividend stocks is a good way to invest, especially if you're investing for the long term and you're reinvesting your dividends. So yes, yes. Uh, as I, I've read so many articles regarding that. Uh, the person uh, the people can make tons of money by investing in dividend stocks but if i talk mm-hmm. about my country where i live there is not that much ten- trend towards dividend stocks and uh, oh. people believe that uh, growth stocks are the good option that uh, we can mm-hmm. double our money faster so it's, uh, it's about uh, greed or a different kind of investment strategy but i i also believe that uh, dividend stocks are the great way to invest uh, to earn passive income uh, yeah yeah sure. that i would like to tell you over here is that uh, warren buffett earns nearly 650 million dollars from the dividend of only coca cola yeah 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 exactly exactly so as i said so you have young people like me that i don't need that money to live off of so i can reinvest it or if you're somebody that's retired like you know you want to make passive income you can literally put all your money in dividend stocks and make a, a check every month um and literally just get passive income for free every month of course you have to pay taxes but as long as you plan accordingly then you'll be fine so it's a good way yes and yeah. uh, another thing regarding cryptocurrency and because uh, it it's now a trend because uh, everything the ups and downs in the cryptocurrency market is based on the tweets of elon musk So exactly. it's heavily dependent on a single person, or I should say, two to three percent. Mark Cuban, Elon. Yeah, two, three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, basically, what do you feel about investing in cryptocurrency for the longer period yeah. of time and for the shorter mm-hmm. period of time as well? Yeah, great question. So, hmm. okay. So without being too technical, I think that crypto is a good thing, um, especially for diversity, and it's a good hedge against. inflation and it's a good hedge meaning hedge like it goes against the stock market um there are two different markets um with that being said i don't believe in there's literally over a thousand different coins you can put your money into i don't believe in all i call them uh there's a lot of coins that don't have any fundamentals at all yes. uh, me personally i think that if you're going to invest in crypto you should stay with the top five 
uh, cryptos and market and market capitalization. But really, the top two would be Bitcoin and Ethereum for me personally, just because it's those are the oldest coins and the most and they have the most money invested into them. And um, like I said, Bitcoin is just a coin that's being more accepted by these larger Fortune 500 companies around the world. Um, and Ethereum, of course, is a, a it's a coin that is, it has some of the it basically has uh, it transacts money the fastest out of a lot of the coins out there. Um, but with that being said, the money that you invest in crypto, my thoughts about it is that you basically it should be extra money that can be lost yes. and you don't yes, sweat yes, because exactly. crypto is very volatile, meaning it's just up, down, up, down. So you can make a lot of money, but you're going to you can lose a lot of money as well. So you do not put the last of your money in crypto. I think you should put a portion of your money. I say no more than 20% of your portfolio altogether, really no more than 10%. But if you're younger, you can do 20% between your stocks, crypto, real estate. Um, but it's not something you should put all your money into, or I guess your last money. It should be all money that you're okay with losing just due to the volatility of crypto. So, okay. so I do think it's the future. I think it's the future of our money um, just due to, uh, inflation, us printing a lot of money in the United States, even printing tons of money um, due to what's going on with COVID and basically we've been giving out so much free money that it's raising our price, which is inflation is raising our price of goods. And if we keep printing at this rate, um, then we need something that's decentralized, which is crypto. So we need something that's not regulated by our government. That makes sense. But uh, yeah, yeah. So well, you just said that uh, obviously cryptocurrency is not regulated by any government. So if yeah. people start leveraging more and more cryptocurrency, uh, ca can it damage to the banking and finance system of th that particular country? Yeah, um, but really remember. So, <clears throat> so this where it just gets difficult to explain. So really. Uh, Crypto is that's the reason why they're trying to regulate crypto because the banks essentially could be out of business if everybody went to crypto. Um, but with that being said, it's almost impossible. You have your old school people that are never going to go to crypto. Just how you have your old school people that are only going to use cash. They don't use credit or debit cards or um, yeah. So it's almost impossible for everybody to trans transform over to crypto just due to the technology differences with, you know, some people that are old school, um, but the banks most definitely will be in trouble if, uh, if a lot more people started to transfer over to crypto. But um, eventually, I think that it's a more efficient way to transfer money. Um, it's a more efficient way to, to make sure that no, um, uh, what do you call it? No government is doing anything fishy with the money just because it's not controlled by them. And it can't be, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, I can't even think of the word right now. Basically, there's a lot of things that happen with our money in the government that is being, that is being controlled. And with crypto, it's almost impossible to control it because it's ran by the blockchain and not by any government or specific person. No, actually, so. the reason behind asking you this question was that uh, I came to know that uh, China has launched its digital currency and obviously it is regulated by the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah. yeah. If, the, if, if the same concept is applied if we apply in other another country then we can manage to regulate cryptocurrency as well mm -hmm. well they won't be able to, they will be able to manage cryptocurrency they won't be able to manage um uh bitcoin like they, they'll have to make their own like china did they'll have to literally the banks will have to make their own cryptocurrency like a, a, like a, a global united states cryptocurrency and then they can manage it because they made it but it's impossible to manage like a Bitcoin because it's ran off a of blockchain, which nobody has access to that. 
it's like a bunch of technology. Like that's where it gets like very technological, but yeah. Yes. Okay. So my final question is that how did you manage to retire from your corporate job? And when did you decide that you should go with uh, your business, which is uh, financial yeah. consulting and uh, like crediting and all such things? Yeah. Um, so what I did was the last, what, maybe four years, I've been doing my full-time job, um, making sure I'm getting promotions to increase my income. Um, I've been living super frugally. So when I first moved, since I got a scholarship to go to college for football, I didn't have any student loans. Um, oh, right. when, I moved back, when I moved back home from college, I stayed at home. I lived at home with my mom for like two years. And during that time, I just, stat, like, I just saved all my money for my, my corporate job. And at the same time, I was working on my business full time as well. And I did that for about four years. So I was working on my business, making sure that I had everything in place while also working my full time corporate job. So I was saving all this money. And not only was I saving this money, I was investing this money. Um, so through time, you have what you call compound interest, which is basically, you know, your money starting here, it doubles, quadruples, triples, you know what I mean? So my money started to grow from just investing every single week, every single week I invested my money. So it started to compound through time. Um, and then also made sure I had money stashed away and saved as well. And then eventually, one of my businesses started making more than my full time income. Um, and at that point, I didn't quit immediately. I waited for about seven months for my business, one of my businesses to make more than my full-time income before I quit. So I quit um, probably in November, 2000, November 2020. Um, and then from there, um, I had other businesses that started to make more than my initial business. And I had other business, like I have like three businesses that are All right. making more than my corporate job. So then from there, it just allowed me to have financial security. Um, it allowed me to quit corporate, focus on my businesses full-time. Um, and then also I started hiring employees to help me out with the workload. So I'm not working all the time and I can travel around the world and stuff without worried about making money. So, I mean, you quit your job after the COVID crisis. That's really amazing. No one has that yeah. much courage to quit job yeah. during that particular, um, I, I mean, difficult yeah. time. Yeah. In November, it was like literally right smack dab in the middle of COVID started maybe in March or yes, yes. yeah, March. So it was literally in the middle of COVID. People were losing their jobs. People didn't have money. And luckily, the businesses that I run, especially like for credit, it's a, um, what you need, a need-based business. So no matter what people need it, no matter what economy you're in, it's a recession for business. So in the United States, when you want to buy a home, you need good credit. When you want to buy a car, you need good credit. When you want to rent an apartment, you need good credit. So it's almost impossible for people not to need my services, no matter what type of industry or what type of you know economy we're in at that time. You know what I mean? All right. So uh, you said that you lived uh, two years with your mother. Mm -hmm. And I observed that uh, mostly when uh, students uh, reached at the age of 18 or 90, they generally leave their house and they live uh, separately uh, and then mm -hmm. they don't prefer to live with their parents. So uh, is yeah. this right or is it limited to only some uh, some students all or some some students only that only five ten percent of students are only prefer to uh, live separate and um i think it's high i think it's about like 50 50 50 some when people graduate some people's been away like the people that go away to college i found out that those people don't want to move back home to their parents house the people that stay at home and go to college, they have less debt. So then they want to move out once they graduate college. So that's usually what the decipher is um, between the people that stay home or the people 
that move out after college. So. All right, all right. Diamond, that's amazing. Yeah, I guess what what are you currently um what are you doing for work out there? I mean, uh, I'm a investment advisor in India and uh, I help, oh, okay. I I help people to uh manage their finances. I mean, uh, there are people who have different kind of risk taking ability. If youngsters are there, they are they have different type of risk taking ability and a person with the age of 45 50 have different types of risk taking ability so based on that i advise on investing in mutual funds and okay. uh, and stock market as well and okay yeah okay and what um are you as far as the investments you guys are investing in is that like uh india equities is it, are you guys investing in the united states or how do you guys invest with your with your clients with your mutual funds or your individual stocks yeah typically I prefer to invest in uh, Indian equity markets because the it it's very emerging market right and it it is uh, right now it is sixth largest economy and it is one of the fastest growing economy in the world and uh, yeah. the upcoming years of India is really good uh, because the young population is so much that i mean 600 million people are young in india with uh, in a population mm-hmm. of 1.3 billion people so it's uh, i should say wow. huge market and that is the reason businesses are coming coming over here and as the consumption increases businesses will continue to make more and more money so according to me according to my research and my thoughts that uh, indian equity markets will continue to perform really well over the period of 15 20 years i'm not talking about 2 to 3 years i'm talking about 15 20 years because we never know what will happen in the shorter period of time there can be yeah. some uh, worst case situation like war between india and pakistan as well so we never know mm-hmm. what will happen so this is what i specifically i also prefer to invest in the us mutual funds that are international mutual funds but in yeah. india the the trend there is no that much trend to invest in international funds because uh, basically the mutual fund industry in india is very small mm. only gotcha. i should say only 3% of uh indian population prefer to invest in financial markets mm, it's crazy wow so yeah i mean uh, it it's emerging people have started understanding the importance of finance and this is what i do that i educate i also educate people and then i advise that you mm-hmm. need to do this 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 kind of stuff in order to create wealth and yeah. all such things that's great and uh, last but not least what company out there is like the google or the amazon in india right now Sorry? Well, company in India is like the Google or Amazon of the United States. So, so are you planning to invest? If you if I say that you you would uh, I I I would advise you to invest in the first is Reliance Industries. Mm-hmm. You I, said what industries? Reliance. Reliance? Reliance, do you know the deal between uh, Reliance Jio and uh, Facebook? No, I don't. Facebook invested nearly 7 billion dollars in in Reliance Jio. Huh, yeah, I have to I have to chat with you offline to get the name of the the name yeah, of the yeah. company. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like There are bunch of companies in which you you should invest and you can expect uh, I mean 15 to 20% easily because these companies are growing rapidly. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, sounds good, man. Well, I I mean there are much, uh, Go ahead. another thing that uh, 
do you know how big india's it industry is i don't i don't so basically after the united states india india is the second largest uh, uh, hub of information and technology so basically the uh-huh. if i if i explain in the simplest language the us is the place where where people innovate and india is the place where people develop yeah so people who live in the united states uh, develop the idea that we should make this kind of software and application and they just give order to indian companies like tcs infosys hcl tech and and this kind of thing so the if you if i tell you the five year horizon the industry has given nearly 30 to 40% return oh wow good it's pretty good yeah. it's pretty good okay yeah, so, perfect man but well, yeah i appreciate the information like i said i'll probably just chat you offline with those companies there but yeah i don't have any other questions for you i said thanks for all your time the interview it was great yeah um, i mean um, yeah. thank you for joining thank you for spending your time i mean it's uh thanks for listening if you find this episode valuable and you would like to help support the podcast feel free to share it with others post about it on social media or leave a rating or review to catch all the latest updates from me you can follow me on instagram at anujv21 that is a n u j v 21 thanks again and i will see you next time